Do you feel more peaceful when you're walking through the forest or when your feet are firmly planted in the sand at the beach? Do animals just love you and you love them? Then you're in for a treat with our next guest. Karen Adamski is a shamanic practitioner who works with clients from all over the world to bring them healing in the form of vibrational medicine, meditation, art, nature, color, and kindness. By bringing community together, Karen loves to teach others how easy it is to bring balance and beauty into their lives. You guys, she's just a rad chick. And she also talks about being a paranormal investigator. It's bonkers, and we are so glad you're here. So pull up a chair, get comfy. Here's Karen Adamski, the Shama Mama. Oh my goodness, you guys, I am so excited to bring you our next guest, Karen Adamski, the Shama Mama. We were lucky enough to be introduced to a mutual friend through Vicki Mock. And when she said, Michelle, there's this lady and she's kind of cool like that. And she, she's a shamanic practitioner. I think you should meet her. I was like, uh, yeah, let's meet, please. And so we did. And you, my dear, are just full of love and light and all the good stuff. And I'm so happy you said yes to being here today. So thank you, Karen. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I feel the same way about you. Filled with love and light and all things good. So I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed. And I'm so happy to be here today. Oh, my gosh. And it's funny how it happens when the time is right. You know, like, I mean, I don't know what your kind of spiritual or maybe religious background is, but I grew up, you know, pretty traditional Catholic. And as I've kind of moved on my journey, I find myself just opening to all things good. And because I think like the way God is in everything. And when I heard that you were shamanic practitioner, I wanted to find out more about that, kind of how you got into that, maybe Maybe we can start with kind of like where you grew up, um, where you came from, and give us a little background about who you are. Okay. Let's see. Well, I grew up in Cupertino, California. I was born at El Camino Hospital, so I'm a true Bay Area, California native. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, gosh, in California, Cupertino back then was was all orchards, you know, so it, it it wasn't like it is now. And that was really, it was a good place to grow up and had a pretty um, standard upbringing, Western upbringing. We went to the Methodist church, um, not that often, but we went. I have memories of going there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, everything was pretty normal. I think uh, for me growing up as a kid, I was very, very shy. And it was very apparent to me, very clear from a very early age that I um, within school, you know, I, I think differently, I think, than, mm. uh, than, than the way I was taught. So I didn't really have a place to fit, even as early, I remember it, as early as preschool and kindergarten. People just, I, they would give me a lesson, or we'd be doing a lesson as a group, and I would just go sideways and do something totally different, but I thought I was doing the right thing. So my thinking process is very um, creative. I'm very much a right brain person, not a 
Well, I, I can be literal too, right? Because um, I, I have to be able to balance those things, but my happy place and my comfortable, natural place is more creative. And so that kind of made me a little bit different. And, uh, you know, I think that added to my shyness because there was some bullying involved with that, you know, how kids can be and just, um, you know, maybe not feeling as smart as I wanted to growing up. But now what I, you know, knowing what I know now, it's like, well, I was cool. Like, look at me go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it. It's like, well, I was the only one like really flying my freak flag, my true, this is me, right? Like, that's what I was doing. And then getting kind of squashed for it, I think. But now looking back at that, it's like, well, good for me. And I, that's, that's kind of been my, um, my hurdle in life, I think, is getting over that shyness, getting over that um, fear of judgment um, and learning to be, well, first of all, discovering my true self um, and then really living my truth and speaking my truth. That, that's kind of a, my goal in life, I think, and just to keep myself from being shut down. And um, I don't know, it's, it's my strength. It's my way of taking my power back and taking my voice back. And that's kind of what, um, where I'm at today, you know, with that. So I'm not so shy anymore. I can get there really easily. You know, I, um, I can be triggered with that. Uh, but yeah, I'm totally using my voice. And so I'm proud of my child self. And I think a lot of times now as my adult self, I'm really like 12. I'm 12. I'm like 12 years old. That's my happy place. <laughs> Are you, are you roller skating to the Xanadu soundtrack? Gosh, with my dolphin shorts on and the oh, yes, leg warmers and yeah, all of it. Oh my God. I love how you said like, oh, you just took me right back to your childhood and kind of who you are and fly your freak flag. But like when you were saying you learn differently. And I think yes. that, you know, I'm a former educator and out of my five daughters, three of them have, three of them learn differently, which is oftentimes code for there's a learning challenge of some kind, but no yeah. one really quite knows to do what to do with that kid. And when you said you, stuff went sideways for you, you just took it to a whole nother level and no one just knew what to do with your greatness at that point. No, they didn't. I remember them bringing me to the learning center, you know, and showing me pictures and saying, what is this? And it's like, oh, that's a car. How do you spell it? C-A-R. Like, why are you asking me these questions? I know that. <laughs> but I think they just were like dumbfounded. What are you, you know, why are you, why are you acting different? I don't, I, I'm sure I wasn't so different than everybody else. I think I was, because everybody's different, right? Everybody has their things. But I think I just didn't know what to do in that situation um, but slowly you know what over time what happened is i learned to pretend i learned to fit in and mm -hmm. um you know buying even as a teenager buying record albums that like i remember buying acdc black back in black because everybody had that and i don't think <laughs> i ever listened to it because i'm like i don't like this at all i just you know i didn't like it um but i bought the album because everybody else did and so i lived a lot of my life like that um, and then i i I was in corporate America for about 25 plus years as a human resources manager and nice. um, talent acquisition, staffing, all of that. Loved what I did and was really, really good at it. But now, again, knowing what I know now, I know that I was then pretending. I, I was myself, but not fully 100% myself. I was working for 
the man and I was doing whatever the man told me to do. And I was putting, you know, I was, I was, I don't know, I guess I was just being a, a you know, a good corporate worker. Um, and I was, in, I was enjoying it at the time. It's not like I was miserable, it served me well. Um, but I'm very aware now that that was um, leading to anxieties and things that were not serving me well. Slowly, it was poisoning me, not being oh my myself. Oh my gosh. So I think you hit on something really valid. So many of us hustle, you know, we kind of hustle through chapters of our life because we think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Whatever the, whatever the right thing is, whatever good girls do, whatever, you know, we, we get it. Maybe we go to college, we get a degree, we get married, we pop out some kids, we, you know, and then we're like, wait, where am I in the mix? Yeah. Where am I? And so I want to know the story of how Karen got to Karen. <laughs> demonic practitioner like how did you break open and say there's got to be more to this life than me you know working in corporate america what is yeah. that piece of me yeah yeah um well it was it was a, we had a traumatic experience within our family that happened and it was like um in my lifetime it was just like a slap across the face where I'm going and going. And like you said, we're just doing our thing, we're getting our degree, we're getting our job, we're popping up kids, da, 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 and running them to swim practice and all this, you know, you're doing everything you're, you're surviving, right? You're doing everything you have to do. And yeah. this moment then came and it was just like somebody slapping me in the face. And in that slap of the face, my world changed. And it's, it's just, it's hard to explain. It's taken years and years and years to open up to, to realize, you know, therapy and um, really having to look at myself, um, my truth, you know, things that I don't like about myself, things that, uh, things that I've done, you know, that might, just all of that, you know, you have to really um, look at your boulders in the road and look at your shit and then start clearing mm. out the shit. And some bags uh, of shit are little, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, that was a mistake. Let me go and apologize to that person. Or let me be true to myself and say, you know what? No, I'm not doing this anymore. Those are some things that, you know, you can take and move those things yourself. But then that's when the bags of my shit were so big. And, um, I mean, then they were buried. I didn't even know they were there, right? And so you need help to move those big bags of shit. You just can't do it yourself. <laughs> It's just too much, right? So you need friends, you need community, you need um, medical people, you know, you need yes. uh, whatever, you know, whatever the bag of shit needs to be removed, but you can't do it yourself. You can try and try and try. But again, that word, it leads to more anxiety, you know? So um, it was just this one, it was a near-death experience with my son. And um, that moment, my life came to a screeching halt. So once we picked up the pieces and um, started living again, I, hold on I mean, a sec, hold on a sec, like a near-death experience, like I can't even imagine that, and so you said it was like a slap in the face, it really, it just, it's like the car got slammed, like the brakes got slammed, and it's like completely. now, completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and my then, life, like nothing else mattered in that moment, um, so it was like, a, um, not that I was, you know, not awake to my children or anything, but I mean, just in the grand scheme of things, that <sighs> woke, woke me the F up. So, <clears throat> once, you know, my son is fine. He's 28 now, and he's, um, he's doing well, and he's great. 
so everything's good. But that was a rocky time for our family. So getting back on track from that, um, you know, that's when I started uh, a consulting, um, like consulting and not going back into the office and that kind of, and I, and I really was kind of phasing myself out of corporate America at that point. Mm-hmm. Not knowing in the moment that's what I was doing, but that really is what I was doing. Yeah, it, yes. was, just, it was happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like right, like we get the we're like, oh, okay, I guess this is the thing, and we and we oftentimes we don't know it in the moment, but you right. you you can look back and say, ah, I see now. Yeah, and so you kind of are recovering from your son's near death experience, and then kind of what happened after that. Yeah, well, after that, it really, you know, I looked at things differently, like, well, that, okay, certain things didn't matter anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just like, things were very clear to me, like what mattered and what didn't. And um, so my path was clear. And then my son had some questions, you know, after experiencing going through that um, from a faith standpoint and God and what happens when you die and come back and what is God and who. And so we went and we interviewed um, different people and different churches and um, different faiths and uh, kind of just talked to them and learned what we believed in. And, you know, um, it was really interesting because everybody was so similar, you know, all the different churches and people that we talked to were very, very similar. Um, we both realized that we, we didn't really roll with the rules. <laughs> we, Girl. Um, that's why that's why I love you. I'm like yeah, I'm like yeah. I would have we'll I would have we'll take that off the menu. <laughs> right. I would have loved to have been a fly with you and your son like in those rooms. So can you give us a little feedback on how what you think about, you know, this situation and to hear you say like each one was pretty much the same thing and none of it kind of jived with where you guys were. Yeah. And some of it did and some of it didn't. It was just like bits and pieces. So we just took the pieces that jived with us to, to give ourselves clarity. And, um, but what we found was after all of that, for both of us, it was interesting. Buddhism and um, shamanism both really spoke to us because that's how we've lived our lives anyway. Like we were already living shamanic lifestyles anyway because we bring in nature. That's, you know, shamanism is very much about um, being one with the earth and um, living with the land and honoring animals and honoring the directions, um, you know, the air, the water, fire, earth, father, sky, mother earth. It's, it's, um, and it's not a religious thing. I think that's part of what, what we felt really comfortable with because there are not a lot of, um, rules next necessarily. There's definitely teachings and guidance. But it's really interesting because you know what? It all plays back into the good things that we liked about all the people that with, you know, the different churches that we talked to. It's like, oh, okay, this is like that, but without people telling us what we can and can't do. It's, it's a deeper practice for us um, where we're individually, uh, we're living together in the same way, but then we're individually diving deeper and learning about our individual selves more, I think, is, is where, where we're at with that or why we even, you know, that's the direction that we went with the shamanism. So I'm saying we, because he's not necessarily practicing sham, you know, like a practitioner, but I might mean my, my whole family. We just being in Boy Scouts, <laughs> you know, and going out and camping or going backpacking or, you know, if you're, if you're connected to the earth then you're probably living somewhat of a shamanic lifestyle and then you can bring faith in, into that and connect with spirit. That's a big part of shamanism too. 
And you know, it's funny when, um, it's not funny, pretty amazing actually. <laughs> when, when my son was um, the ultimate, like I have this vision, um, when I got, got my son to the hospital and they took him and my legs, like once he, once the doctors took him, my legs collapsed. Like I just was a puddle on the And there was this woman in front of me and she had white tights on and um, I was hugging her legs. She was a nurse and I was hugging her legs and she was praying over me. And it wasn't until maybe eight or 10 years later that we were sharing the stories of family. And that lady was never there. I thought she was there this whole time. She was never there. I thought she was the one that made the phone call to my parents. I made the phone call. I have, I sat there and watched her make the phone call, but it wasn't me apparently. So, um, that really opened me up to spirit and knowing that there are other dimensions there and you can connect and communicate. So, um, that's another path, you know, that was a door opened wide for me there. And that's part of what shamanism is about. Wow. Yeah. Did that make sense? What I just said? Um, well, basically I'm speechless and that doesn't ever happen, but what I think I heard you say was in your moment of greatest despair, as you're watching, watching the doctors kind of take your son and you knew he was safe and I'm getting emotional. Is you, well, he wasn't safe. He wasn't safe. When, my, when they took, okay. Yeah. Cause when they took him, he was, he was dead. So. I gave uh, him to him, and I knew he was that They took him, and then my knees gave out. Yeah, and that's when the spirit appeared to me. So uh, through these, you know, what I've discovered, and this is funny, right? Because I'm not a churchy person, but you know who that was? That was Mother Mary. Uh, that's who it was. That's so like, okay, that's some big time crossing over into you know, the religion thing, but it's not, it doesn't have to be like that. So it's like, if you welcome in whatever you believe in, right? It's just all energy. So I have a strong connection with Mother Mary, but I don't necessarily go to church. I do go to church, actually. I like to go to different churches and sit inside of them, but I don't go to church services typically. Um, yeah, but knowing I didn't, I, yeah. So it's a long story, you know, but um, big stuff, big, big stuff. That's so beautiful. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Um, yeah. I, I feel like, uh, you know, oh, we're being held by something bigger than us. And in those moments, yeah, we, spirit shows up and loves us and holds us in a way that we didn't even, it's grace. I mean, it, we can't describe it. And what you're saying about the shamanic practice and people who might have a difficult time sort of like what is that what does that even mean it's like well if you believe that there's something bigger than you it's everywhere and so I will I will never forget the time when um when we were uh the first time I talked to you on the phone and I was headed over the hill to Santa Cruz do you remember that I do yes and we were kind of getting off the phone and you kind of blessed me and you said well, Michelle, I really want to just invite you to pay attention maybe to what animals show up in your path or kind of what elements kind of strike you in that moment and how you're, how the breeze kind of comes across your face. And I'm like, I could do that, Karen. <laughs> 
right? And 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 all of that is just infused with love and goodness. That's Absolutely. what shamanism is. It is. It is. Yes. And learning to pick up on on those messages. You know, when you're thinking of a loved one, and something a butterfly comes into your area at that very moment. You know, there's there's ways that you it's a language that you can learn and, and there's ways to communicate with spirit through nature and through animals and um yeah it's it's a beautiful beautiful world you can walk in beauty every day what would you say to someone who's like maybe like they they need a sign or they need us a, 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 you know a, a show me my way show me show me something so i know i'm not alone or i'm missing this person who's crossed over like what would you invite that person to do yeah i would invite well you know everybody's different right so it depends on where you're at um you know maybe reach out to a friend and ask for some help could be you know uh, a family member um if you're feeling stable maybe um just praying, talking to your God or the universe or you know, what, talking to your loved one um, just in your head or out loud. And that's just kind of how it works. It doesn't really matter if you say the words out loud or if you think them. It's, it's an echo that goes out there. So mm. when it goes out there, just be open. It's like a boomerang, right? You, you have to, you can put it out there, but you have to be willing to catch it when it comes back. So you have to be open to receive something you know and it doesn't um it might not happen right away it might there's like a little edge of something where you're like oh that's something you know you, you can feel it when it happens um because you don't want to just jump to conclusions and think oh i saw a butterfly that's that's my grandma you know right it could just be because it's butterfly season and you are on a hike you know um so there's moments but so understanding and feeling those moments, but it's paying attention to the timing of things. What were you thinking? Um, what were you smelling? What were you hearing? Or, you know, at what, like you said, what was the breeze? You know, sometimes that, that certain breeze or temperature of a breeze can sometimes um, remind you of a person, place, or thing. And then that can bring you, you know, so just, just be open. And, and just because I'm telling you, this is kind of how I roll. You might roll really differently. So it's, it's really a matter of diving deep and, and trusting yourself and being open and figuring and diving deep within yourself. This is beautiful. I mean, I have to share, can, is it okay if I share a little story really fast with you? Yeah, of course. So we used to, my mom, before she passed, she's been gone now six years. She passed from cancer, but her nickname was the Silver Fox because she had this crazy little cute little silver hairdo, right? Yeah. So she had passed away on a Sunday and on a Wednesday, um, my dad's looking outside and he literally watches a fox cross the path. Okay. Never a fox has been seen in that area before. And then the fox goes and sits next to the angel statue and the Kuan Yin statue that my mom absolutely loved. And my dad is bumbling about trying to like get the camera to take a picture because he's in disbelief. And the fox is just like sitting there like, go ahead, take your time. Like, you know, <laughs> go ahead. I'm not going anywhere. And it was such an unbelievable like when you're saying there's different dimensions, there's different yeah. things that happen. Yeah. It was just like my mom saying like, hey guys, 
it's yeah. all good. Like I've crossed, like we're good. I mean, it was yeah. unbelievable, Karen. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and, and that feeling um, that you experienced, right? That, that unbelievable part of it, like, wow, okay, that's really happening. That's a real thing. And Mm, you know, the, the, the healing that that probably brought you in that moment, right? I mean, that's significant, right? What a gift. Totally. Yeah. Your mama's pretty smart. <laughs> yeah. She, she is pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, foxy mama. <laughs> foxy mama. Foxy mama. So I want to know, like, from you, kind of like when you're feeling off kilter or maybe not grounded mm -hmm. what are some of the practices that you utilize to help you sort of root and ground and get more centered yeah um and that is something that i have to really work with daily because i can get off kilter pretty easily um, meditation for me is a big thing mm -hmm. and i discovered i have all different kinds of ways to meditate so i could just do whatever i feel like doing that day but I always start my day out with, with meditation and um, often will meditate a couple times throughout the day. Um, I discovered meditation through painting and that painting is one of my forms of meditation, but I also drum. I have a, um, I have a number of drums, but this is what I'll, I typically will use is like my buffalo skin drum. I use that. Um, once I hear that, that vibration, I like sound and vibration to get me into a meditative state. That's, that's what works really well with me. Um, so I'll just go out and drum. Sometimes I go for a walk. Um, sometimes I'll sit with a tortoise. That helps me. We have a tortoise in the backyard and he reminds me to go slow. <laughs> so I just put my, my hands on his shell. It's like, please give me your wisdom and your, you know, your, um, slow pace, patience, patience, you know, that's not my, that's a hard one for me. Yeah. So I, um, and I do that. And when I meditate, what happens is I kind of step out of, because I meditate a lot now, right? Um, I mean, I went to school to meditate and I, I mean, that's becoming a sh sh shamanic practitioner took um, years of, you know, like training and working with other people. So now I, I, it's like a big part of my, just how I live my life. Um, but because I do that so much, and you know, people who meditate a lot will probably understand this, but you can dive deep really quickly. So, um, you know, I can I could finish talking here and then give myself five minutes and I can be in a deep meditation. Uh, wow. Like, so I'll have what you're having. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can have it too, absolutely. <laughs> you just have to work that little, that penile gland in your head. So work it and work it, let's make strong little muscles. <laughs> Right. That's why they call it a practice. I mean, yeah. I think what happens is folks just get, we just get, we're, like you said, we're impatient, you know, and we're like, oh my gosh, this is so much work. Why can't I like turn off the freaking monkey mind? And you, what you're saying is it has taken me a cultivation of years to be yeah. able to dive deep, but that it's so yeah. worth it. It's so worth it. And I have so much knowledge now looking back on my life. It's like, oh gosh, I wish I would have known all this then. So if I can you know, teach anybody that, or if um, just a little drop of wisdom might, you know, to the person who's sitting at their desk listening to this and trying to get that report out on time, you know. And maybe next time, sometimes when I have to get things done like that, 
I'll, I'll go and I, I go to the woods and I take my laptop and I take my shoes off and I put my feet in the dirt and then I work on the computer. <laughs> and what's wrong with that, right? So learn to balance, um, just learn to balance things, I guess. That's kind of the key. And learn what's right for you. So you have to kind right, of look at, right for you. yeah, look at life as an all-you-can-eat buffet and try everything and <laughs> realize what you like and what you don't like, <laughs> you know? You said um, buffet. I'm in. I know. I am so in. I know my head just goes to all the good stuff. Mm. I love how you said to take off your shoes, mm -hmm. put them into Mother Earth, and do some forest bathing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is, even, even if we can't get to the forest, like even just to take our shoes off and our socks yeah. off and to put our feet in the little patch of grass or into yeah. the dirt. Yeah. And if you can't do that, just put it on the sidewalk. Or on the floor of your house, but um, our feet, our feet were not necessarily designed to be held up in shoes. Our feet um, sense a lot of, I mean, every part of our body has a spot, like a reflexology trigger within our feet. It's, um, they're happy when they're out. <laughs> They're happy when they're out. I don't feel so bad yeah. about wearing flip-flops all the time. Oh, no. Flip-flops all the time, girl. Me too. I only have flip-flops and Birkenstocks and hiking boots. Those are my shoes. And everything, I'm, I'm barefoot usually. So like I'll, I hike barefoot. Oh no, I have my moccasins. Yeah, because I hike in my moccasins a lot. But um, yeah, I, I try to be barefoot as much as possible. I think that we were born barefoot. We should be <laughs> uh, Karen just gave everybody permission. If you're listening yeah. right now, take your damn shoes off. <laughs> take your shoes off. Give them to somebody who needs them, you know, because you do need them sometimes, right? <laughs> but we don't need all these fancy shoes. They're not, they're not so good for us. <laughs> we don't need all these fancy shoes. I, you know, people can't see this right now because this is a podcast, but you mentioned painting. Mm -hmm. And we get on the, we're talking, Karen and I were talking prior to pressing play or record or whatever. And she's sitting in her art studio and she's got these amazing paintings behind her. And I love how you tied in meditation with painting. And I know too that you lead classes on that. Can you tell us a little bit about that process of creating through painting and meditating? Absolutely, absolutely. There's so much power that you can um, take back, that you can gain from conquering a blank canvas because for a lot of people you know if you're not if you're not a, if you're not somebody who's painting all the time or if that you know if that's not your jam um that just knowing like where do I start what color do I you know like it, it can almost be paralyzing for some people so you can really go step by step and this is what I do um we conquer the blank canvas we put words on the canvas first so I'll take you through this it's like okay let's get over this shit and then we paint over some good stuff and we, you know, like we, we make it, it's a beautiful cultivation, each step and layer of the painting. So, um, there, I don't know. I just, I really see, I guess I'm, I'm a very metaphoric person. And so I see a lot of, um, similarities with creating your life and creating on a canvas. It's like, well, you are the artist of your life, right? So, what do you want to create? You can make anything happen. So through these, yeah, through these classes, they're, um, and gosh, they're, oh, I, I love, my favorite part of all of it is everybody's canvases turn out so beautiful and they have so much meaning. 
but then we're all following the same lesson, right? Um, and it's not like a painting party. Oh, I do those too, like, you know, where you have the wine paint parties. Those yeah. Are pretty cool. uh, but yeah. those all pretty turn out pretty similar. Yeah. So when you do it more on a personal level, you know, where there's, there's some thought and intention going into this painting, um, they all turn out so differently. And that's my favorite part is at the end to, to walk around and to see it was the same lesson. Yeah. And look at all of these beautiful masterpieces that pop up and the pride that people have, you know, and it's like, I, I totally get that, you know, and, and then other people would walk around and it's a really neat lesson um, in looking and understanding that people are different. We're the same, but we're different. Yeah, oh it's just, gosh. it's a really beautiful thing. I love doing those classes. Yeah, and I have an online um, school too. It's Shama Mama on Teachable. And um, there, there are um, all the classes, not all the classes, but there are some classes there too. And I take you step-by-step step in a video lesson. So, um, and it's a really, it's a great way to learn to meditate on the canvas or with the canvas. Oh my gosh, you hit on so much just then. My head is like spinning because I'm the type of person where like I think I was maybe creative when I was younger and, and I'm still creative now, but okay, creative without the, the, the block. Okay, right? No blocks, when you, no blocks, when yeah. a girl, girl <laughs> roller skating to the Xanadu soundtrack, it's like in my dove shorts, you know, like you're just yeah. kind of, you're, you're unleashed and you're unbridled and then we, we grow up and, and we, we kind of categorize ourselves like, but I can't paint. I'm not a painter. Like that canvas just scares the shit out of me. That feels really overwhelming because we want it to be perfect. And what yeah. you just said was it's an expression of your soul. There's many layers of that and they're all beautiful when they come out. Yeah, they're all beautiful. Yes. And I always um, encourage people to take pictures at every step of the lesson because you, you know, it, each level is so pretty anyway. And, and I also like to encourage the, um, do you know what wabi-sabi means? No. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me what that means. <laughs> wabi-sabi is awesome. Wabi-sabi is the art and the beauty of imperfection. So we practice <gasps> wabi-sabi. We do not color inside the lines. We do not paint outside the line. You know, like we, we, we do what we need to do. Sometimes we don't even use brushes. We just use our fingers because who says we have to be perfect? Being trying that, that wanting to be perfect does nothing but um, cause anxiety and waste energy. So embrace the art of wabi-sabi. That's what we do through these classes. Oh my God, you've got all that wabi-sabi behind you on your walls and it's so <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> I know, and look at them, none of them are perfect either, right? Oh, they're so beautiful, Karen. I got my eyeballs on the tiger and the elephant and just, oh, they're so beautiful. And I love how you said wabi-sabi. It reminds me of like kintsugi, like the art form where you break the ceramics and you meld it together with gold. And again, it's the imperfections that are the strongest part of the piece, whatever that, yes. that piece is. That's beautiful. It is. You know, you just said that, um, Oh, you so just reminded me of this moment. One of my teachers, uh, my shamanic teachers, I had my, this rattle that was gifted me, to me by another teacher. And we were in the woods and we were doing ceremony. It was just him and I, and I was learning and he was teaching. And he made me break my rattle. 
may break the handle on my rattle. I was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, not having it. <laughs> like, nope, no more learning. And it's like, okay. And I broke it. Then they took it and I never got the end of it back. I have, I have the nub and I use it all the time. And it's even more special to me now because he has the handle. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. That's kind of cool, right? Oh, Different it's cultures, but very similar. Totally. Well, it's the resistance and it's the wanting it to be perfect or to be whole. And it's like, hey, man, we're not growing when it's all whole. We're growing when it, all the shit goes sideways. And mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the coming back together again. The wabi-sabi. Yeah. You rock that wabi-sabi action. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I have a new phrase. <laughs> wabi-sabi. I know. I love it. And so when I, when I stumble or when I make a mistake, or like, okay, that's some good wabi-sabi. Rather than, mm. you know, saying some bad things to myself or going down that path. You know? That's right. I always, it's just a dance, trying to stay in balance. Thank you for, for that lesson. That's so right on point. Um, oh my gosh. So like, let's say someone is interested in like working with you. What are some strengths uh, uh, that you've cultivated through time and some skills that you're like, oh, here's my skill set. Like I can really help people heal yeah. this way. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, that is some, so I think, you know, you said it earlier too. You, you might be at a place where you're like, where do I go from here? What do I do? I don't know what the next step is. That is where I can often help people. Or if they're in a place and they're they're just not happy and they don't, they don't know, you know, you don't know what to do. I can help with that. Um, and that could just mean an energetic cleansing to get rid of all of the energy that's not serving you well, right? Because that's going to free you up. But I can also talk you through it as well, because this is what's interesting. It's um, my HR career. I did a lot of that, um, a lot of counseling with people from a, from a professional standpoint. Uh, and it's not a whole lot different than that, you know, because we're, we're diving into what, what fuels you and what doesn't and um, what's good for you and what isn't. So let's sort things out. And sometimes people don't understand the, um, the gifts that they have and the powers that they have, the beauty that they have to share with the world, but they don't even know they have it. So sometimes it's just enlightening people. It's like, do you really realize like you could take this that's like what you're doing michelle it's a perfect example right like you could take something that you're good at and bring it to the world and make the world a better place so sometimes mm. people just need a little bit of direction or, or need to be told that they're good at something or reminded of what their strengths are or what they yes. have to offer. Yes. It's like your superpower is holding up the mirror and saying, my love, look at you. Like yeah. let, you know, and let's cultivate that because cultivate we, it, yes. we get shut down and we don't see it ourselves and we need someone like you to hold up the mirror and say, oh my gosh, look at you. Look at your gifts. Absolutely. And sometimes you can't look at that until you've gotten some of that crap out of the way, right? Because if you're, if you've got negative talk going on, if you're in a situation that you're just stuck in and you don't know how to get out, um, or you, for, you know, depression, anxiety, just, it could be all different things. Um, balancing your energy is one way. Of course, you know, talking with doctors, it, there's yeah. lots of different ways that you can get help. But from mm -hmm. an energy standpoint, um, getting those things cleared up, first and then um, having that 
that strength and clear energy to start again, you know, yes. can be helpful. And there's also work that can be done within shamanism. We, um, there's like a soul retrieval. That's a process that we do. And, and that sounds like a, um, you know, a really scary, crazy sounding thing. Right. But it's, it's, um, really what it is, is going back and looking at what was it, you know, if you, if you have had some trauma in your life or if there was a time in your life that somebody took your power, somebody hurt you in some way, somebody, um, altered your path. Um, the little bits of our, our self get lost, little bits of energy, little bits of us uh, along that path, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I crumbled a little bit right there, but then you keep going. Well, it's okay to go back and get those crumbles, right? You know, I can't like, go back. Oh. I can't go back and get the crumbles. <laughs> you can't? I can go back and get the crumbles. I didn't know yeah. that. You can. <laughs> That's what a soul retrieval is. So it's like, and really, you know, a lot of it is just acknowledgement and saying, yeah, that was really, um, that was really shitty. And let's talk about that. Yeah, I let that shit go. And then doing the energetic part of it and, and letting it go, taking that energy out, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have this void, right? This empty area that you get to fill with what you want to fill. It's not what somebody else put there. You, know, you can fill that with love. You can fill that space with motivation, goals, beauty. Oh my gosh. We're so like delicately made, you know? And it's kind of like what you were just talking about just reminded me like, you know, we're sacred and we do just quote unquote put on the big girl panties and tally ho like you know ain't nobody got time for those tears like you march forward sister and yeah now you just gave me permission to go back and pick up my crumbles karen yeah because those are your crumbles those are bits of you and you're yeah. the boss of you you know i mean <laughs> you do what you want to do yeah mm. and then you're just going to be stronger for it think of it as like your jenga little pieces of our Jenga gets taken out, little pieces of our lives, and that's a little bit of a weaker spot, right? But if yeah. we can energetically get that power back and, and let the shit go and bring in some strength, um, yeah, we're powerful. We're strong Jengas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, I'm wondering if you would answer this question. Yeah. What is something that not a lot of people know about you? Or maybe something that's misconstrued. They're like, she's the Shama Mama, so, you know, people think this about you. Like, what is that? Yeah. I think, um, I think a couple things. Okay, people don't know that I'm a beekeeper. A lot of people don't know that I'm a paranormal investigator. And a lot of people think that I uh, would have brown skin versus white skin. Um, and that is um, something that I'm sensitive to, obviously, um, because I need to be respectful in that area. But um, I think sometimes that is, you know, I didn't grow up um, in an indigenous household necessarily. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, more adopted into it, I think, but it's uh, a perfect example of being open and it's energy and love and it's it has nothing to do with 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 color you know so that that is something when people 
um, meet me for the first time, they're like, oh, they're surprised a little bit, you know? They're like, oh, you're white. You're white. Wah, <laughs> 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 Sorry. Sorry about Anyway, um, you know what? I it does not surprise me that you're a beekeeper. That makes complete and total sense. And um, the paranormal thing is like super interesting and cool. Um, can you hit really quickly? Because I know people are gonna are interested in this. Like, yeah, ha, have what is like kind of a, a cool experience that you've had through the paranormal activity where you were like, holy smokes, I didn't see that come in, or <laughs> that like I cannot deny that that just happened. Yeah. There's been a few, and that's how you can really know that it's it's paranormal, because there's a lot of paranormal things or th you know that that turn out to be normal, not para. Para means it's unexplained. So it could be your plumbing, it could be open windows, it could be drafts, it could be electrical problems. You know, a lot of times because we'd be called in to just you know figure things out. Um, but the times when it's like, oh yeah, that's paranormal. Those are usually the times when it's like, hmm, okay. But the first thing that came to mind when you asked me that question is a time, this was years ago, we were, um, I had a, we were with the paranormal team and we mm -hmm. used to work with, um, we used to work with the ghost adventures a little bit. Yeah. They're still, they're on television still. And they're really great. But anyway, um, we were at the Brookdale Lodge in Felton, which is in the Santa Cruz mountains. And yep. we were investigating there for the evening. And... Uh, there's a, like an old log cabin that has this, um, which is like original, like uh, the original structure. And then there's this weird tunnel kind of hallway that goes into the dining area. And there's this big giant heavy door between the two. And I was leaving the, um, the cabin, walked out past the door. And then I turned back to look and I saw this mist in the cabin area where I had just come from. It looked like um, cigarette smoke. And so as I turned and then I put up my, my flashlight to look at it closer and I was with somebody, which is a good thing too, because then you have another person to, you know, say, yeah, that totally happened. Um, so I put it up like there was mist and then the door, this heavy door just slammed so hard right in my face. And I was mad because it was, um, it was kind of rude, right? But I wasn't thinking clearly. I was just, it was slammed in my face. And then, so I opened it up again and marched in. And I was like, did you do that? That was really rude. And then I kind of got a hold of myself and was like, okay, sorry. And then went back and kind of tried to debunk that door. You know, like as you're walking down the hallway, does it, because it's a really rickety old drafty place, right? Yes. And there was no way we could not, we were jumping up and down and, you know, went and got the rest of the team and told them what happened. And I think that was, that's such a memorable one for me because, you know, we saw that with the, the mist was very, very clear and thick and visual. Um, but then the, the strength of that door, it wasn't just like, I mean, it was, uh -huh. it was slammed shut. Yeah. Um, so that's probably one of the bigger ones, but you know, anytime there's movement, I think, you know, or if you, um, see shadow figures on film or, um, because we have cameras often or, um, flashlights 
often we'll use flashlights as tools so you can have the flashlight go on for yes and off for no, you know. Um, okay, that, that would that just way. scare the shit out of me. You know, I was very clear with my mom. Okay, this is when my mom was still alive. And I said, mom, okay, so when you cross over, here's the thing. Do not show up at the foot of my bed because you know <laughs> I will pee my pants. You are allowed to come in dream form or she came as a fox, right? But yes. You cannot show up as missed. You cannot show up at the foot of my bed. I'm like, please don't do that. She's like, okay, okay. Well, but she probably won't. <laughs> that's a good thing. So just, and that's just it. You, you have the power to, to say, hey, in, you know, in my house, don't show up as missed and don't show up at the foot of my bed. That is not allowed here. You know, you can set those rules in your, in your area. That's but right. But then again, but when you're in somebody else's area, you never know what's going to happen. Can you, can someone call you? Like if they're having, like, they're like, gosh, you know, I think this is happening as a shamanic practitioner. Could you come in and do a house clearing mm -hmm. or like things like that to kind of clear the space, kind of, um, you know, make the space like sacred and fresh and clean. Can you help with that? Absolutely. Yeah. I do that often. Actually. I just did one, um, this last week and that was, um, you know, some family moved out, new family moved in. They just needed to cleanse the energy and, and it's, it's so interesting when you go in and do that too because you can feel like the pathway and you can tell which rooms are thicker in the air than um, mm. you, know, you can feel it so and it's a really great thing to do I think because um, when I go and do that often I'll uh, teach the people who are there how to do it because it's not anything that you can't do you know a lot of it involves smudging or drumming or even just turning your music up nice and loud and getting vibration throughout your house. But um, people who have kids, you know, that have been affected by paranormal, um, they really enjoy taking that power back and marching around the house with drums and setting down the law and, you know, teaching people to do that is, is I love doing that, you know, because then, then they're empowered. Totally. You're such a badass. <laughs> so are you. I was thinking that today. I'm like, she's pretty badass. I'm really glad that I know you. Oh my gosh, girl, the feeling is mutual. Oh, yeah. and I'm so stoked you're coming, you're coming in the fall for self-love and people can come and find you there and cozy oh. up with you there. Um, it, it's going to be amazing. Um, and you had said that you were open to sort of closing our time here together with like a little meditation and um i'm so excited for you to kind of close today with that and so i'm gonna hand it to you sister very good okay well thank you for asking me to do this because this is exactly what we should all be doing a couple times throughout the day right just stopping and checking in with ourselves and taking a breather so let's stop and close our eyes. So we'll start. Let's just start with our breathing. We take deep breaths in and out. As deep as you can. Just really feel the breath entering your body. Going into your lungs, nourishing your organs and your blood with that oxygen. And really be aware of your exhale. And on that exhale, 
imagine that you are exhaling or blowing out any energy that doesn't serve you well. So just keep that deep, rhythmic breathing going at your own pace. I'd like you to envision the glowing green light coming right from the center of your chest, right from your heart area. The beautiful emerald green light. Imagine, maybe even feel that light spinning and pulsating within your chest. And as you breathe in, you give that light more strength. With each breath in, this green light becomes brighter and more clear. It grows stronger and stronger. It spins larger and larger. So keep that breathing going at your own pace and continue to feed this green light within your heart. Continuing to let anything that doesn't serve you well go with your exhale. Any hurt in your heart area, any pain, let that spinning green light flick that pain, flick that hurt away, and let it be gone with your exhale. Feel yourself becoming stronger and stronger. Now I invite you to imagine that green light coming from your heart area, starting to radiate outside of your body, and then starting to grow even larger, filling the room that you're sitting in, growing larger than the room that you're in, growing larger in the building that you're in. Let that green light emanate out into your neighborhood, into your community, and let it continue to grow past your city, past your county, past your state. Allow that to travel and echo throughout the world and beyond. Beautiful green light in your chest. Growing and growing and echoing throughout the world. Spreading peace and love. Take a few deep breaths here. And I invite you to place your hands on your chest and feel your beating heart. 
that rhythm. And let this rhythm feed and fuel that green glowing light within you. And it's time to leave this meditation. When you're ready, wiggle your fingers and your toes. Open your eyes. Welcome back. I wish you a beautiful day. And that is how we raise the vibe. Yep, we can all do that. We can all do that. You're such a beautiful reminder for us that we can do that and that we can do it together, Karen. Thank you for Absolutely. being here. Thank you for saying yes and being here today. Um, well, you know what? It's you started it. <laughs> you made you built the platform and you brought people together and it's really you are this is your cocktail and your creation and it's um yeah. And it's from God. Yeah. Yeah. We absolutely. get to co we get to co-create. How how cool is that? Right. I, don't know. I mean, it doesn't get much cooler if you ask me. It's pretty cool. Oh, thank you, my friend. Sending you so much love. And right people, back can, at you. people can find you at shamamama.com. Absolutely. Yep. That's my main hub. And you can, from shamamama.com, you can find everything there. You can get to my school from there. You can get to my crystal shop from there. You can sign up for classes and workshops from there. So you don't have to remember anything other than shamamama.com. Awesome. And I will put that in the show notes. And we will see you at Self Love in the fall, my friend. Woo, 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 woo. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> love you. Talk to you I soon. I love you. Okay. Bye. Bye. The Shama Mama is such a gift. She has so many good tips and strategies to help us stay grounded. The one thing I learned today was about the wabi-sabi, kind of um, the beauty of imperfection and embracing that. And you guys couldn't see this, but she has these amazing paintings behind her. And I really want to encourage you to hop onto one of her classes. They're free. Check her out at www.shamamama.com. She is an absolute gem. And Karen Adamski will also be joining us at My Village Well for the self-love project in the fall. You can check her out at www.myvillagewell.com. And remember, it's a lot of work being you. So be well, take good care. We're counting on you. The world needs your light.